Hey everyone, this is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you don't know me already, I am married to Daryl. We have been married for 28 years. We have eight kids, ages 13 to 26, almost 27. We have four grandkids and we have been homeschooling for over 22 years. So uh, all those years of homeschooling kind of led me to a place of writing a simple, mercifully short book called The Unhurried Homeschooler. So if you'd like to check that out, you can go to Amazon. Um, It's a very doable read for a busy mom. I encourage you to go take a look at it. Also recently, I published a devotional written just for moms called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. So I would love for you to go and check that out. Also, I um, can be connected with on social media at Facebook, Dorenda Wilson, Instagram at Dorenda Lee Wilson, and my blog, DorendaWilson.com. The last thing I want to tell you about are the events that I'm going to be uh visiting and speaking at. And um, so March 24th is, I will be in Massachusetts. First time I've ever been to Massachusetts. I will be in Auburn, Massachusetts at the Morning Star Christian Bookstore doing a book signing and a meet and greet. And May 17th to the 19th, I will be at the Teach Them Diligently Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Woo! Uh, June 1st, I will be at the North Carolinians for Home Education in Winston-Salem at their uh, Thrive Conference. So I'll leave the links uh, in uh, in the podcast notes if you're interested in checking those out. Well, one of my favorite things to do is to help moms discover what it can look like to homeschool from where you're actually living. And what I mean by that is all of us have been, um, we're in different circumstances. So it makes sense that all of our homeschooling isn't going to look the same. It's not going to be cookie cutter. And so learning to homeschool uh, from where you live is is just taking the, the place that you are and making the most of it and making it a great learning environment for your kids. And um, I recently met... Holly Giles, who is here today. Thank you, Holly, for being with me today. Thank you. (laughs) I am so thankful that you're here. I met Holly uh, about a month ago at a conference, and I was instantly like sucked into her um, table because she had just a wonderful um, approach that she was offering that is just so unique to what you usually see at vendor tables. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was right up my alley. The whole, it's its called, um, tell me what it's called. My book is called Blaze New Trails. Mm-hmm. And the name of your website? Is thegilesfrontier.com. Right. And then you also have the um, the learning lifestyle revival, right? Yes, I do. And that's really sort of a natural progression from our book, Blaze New Trails. We developed a membership called the Learning Lifestyle Revival, which really, you know all about that as well. It's basically a lifestyle of learning right where you are, uh, living life together with your kids. Exactly. Which I just, to me, that is the heart of homeschooling. But to tell you a little bit more about Holly, she is a wife, a mother, and a storyteller. She has a passion for helping families discover their own learning style and use it to nurture their children's God-given gifts. I love that. The importance of a strong family relationship is woven in into each message. Holly gleans from her own life with her boys, embracing the outdoors and navigating the challenges of a special needs child to tell stories woven with humor that are sure to encourage the weariest of souls. Nature is her springboard to inspire you to a more abundant life at home. And she's the author of Blaze New Trails, like she, as she already mentioned, and the creator of Learning Lifestyle Revival. And so welcome, Holly. I'm so um, intrigued with this uh, Learning Lifestyle Revival. I love, I love that because I, I like the revival part because it, it, to me, it kind of sends a message that this is kind of the original way that we were educating our children. Yes, that was my intent. And, you know, you've been homeschooling 20 something years. Mm -hmm. I've read your book. I've gifted it to friends because you're talking my language. (laughs) Yeah, we are definitely on the same page. Yes, yes. I love it. 
I was reading, I was kind of tootling through your, your website and um, I loved what you said you, you, um, in your introduction. Are you looking for intentional time to treasure with your kids? And you say, you say I am too, but you were caught up in the busyness of what you were, thought you were supposed to be doing, and, but you were at the same time missing what was most important. And you say here that time with my children, free of clutter and excess to enjoy our days, preserving their childhood and building strong family relationships. I love that. Yes. This is really well put. Family is just so important. And I think our culture, um, strong family is what makes a strong nation. And I think if moms will get back to um, just that, the importance of the relationship with their children. And I think that's where moms are headed. Don't you, don't you kind of get that feeling? I do. I think there's a resurgence of that because like you said, our culture is really, it's, it's designed to tear our families apart with busyness and that's, that's the way it's going. That's exactly right. People don't have margin in their days. And, and then the parents are not engaged anymore with the kids. And we see these poor kids struggling in, in so many different ways when, um, when all it would, the thing that would really just be the glue that would hold it together is, is for families to be more cohesive, you know, to do more together, to be together, to, to know each other and to spend time together. Yes. And that doesn't have to be some grand vacation. It doesn't have to be some wonderful plan. It could be sitting and reading a book together, laughing about something in your day, cooking together, something as simple as that can really work. It is so true. It's that faithfulness in the little things. It's, and if you ask, I'm sure this is true for you too, but Whenever I've asked our kids, you know, what, what, you know, what do you remember the most about your childhood? You know, when I'm out talking to the grown ones and, and even to the ones who are still at home and they're looking back and reflecting the thing that they bring up is always the smallest thing. It's never the big expensive vacation, you know? So you're so right. It's, it's really the little thing. So give me a little background story on how you decided to homeschool. Well, our firstborn son, Grayson, he, we did not actually know until he was almost four years old that he had had a stroke when he was born. Now, there were signs and symptoms, and I actually was on a mission <laughs> looking for what was wrong with him. Watch out for with a yes. mom on a mission, I'm telling you. Yes, this is true. <laughs> you know, moms have intuition, but sometimes no one listens. That's true. And we discovered that he had had a stroke, which really kind of brought it all together for us and made the last four years make sense. Mm. And so as we moved forward into education, you know, I'm a product of the public school system. I loved having my children with me. They didn't go to preschool or anything, but you know, they were going to go to school, you know, was my thought. Right. So we had taken him as you do. I worked a lot with him at home, took him to the local public school to do testing because we were told he would have learning disabilities. So they did their battery of testing that goes over weeks at a time. And, you know, you have a meeting with specialists. My husband and I were there. He was going to be going into kindergarten. And basically at the meeting, they said, we don't know what you're doing with him, but it's working. Wow. And if you bring him to public school, we're just letting you know, it's going to be a rough road. He's going to have to be have to fail. And he really doesn't fit into any particular box. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) And they were all in agreement and said, you know, have you ever thought about homeschooling? Oh my goodness. And it was kind of exciting to me. (laughs) No, but I, does that mean I get to keep him at home? (laughs) Love it. And that's really how it got started. Wow. And so your first days of homeschooling, um, what were those like? Well, I turned, we had a carport that we had closed in, turned that into a schoolroom, of course, complete with the desk and the wall charts and the ABCs. And I basically set up school at home is what I did. (laughs) I know. Isn't that just the, that is a temptation because we want to feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. I know. And of course I was so excited about it. And I think that he was excited and I don't know if it's typical of firstborn. I've noticed that with some people, he was very compliant. You know, he, he did what I wanted him to do, but (laughs) 
he really couldn't sit still and all he wanted to do was be outside. Now he loved reading. If I read to him all day long outside in the swing, that would have been a dream for him. And eventually that's what ended up happening. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What I love about this story is how you listened to those instincts. You know, you, you took him where you, you knew something needed to be looked at, handled, you did that. Somebody throws out homeschooling. You're like, okay, yeah, if I get to keep him at home, great. You know, and, 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 you know, of course that, you know, it's at that point that I think many of us fall back on what we know about school, but I love that you let the Lord lead you out of that, you know, kind of away from that traditional learning into a more lifestyle learning. And so what did that process look like for you? Well, I will say it wasn't easy for me to let go of the classroom idea because I didn't know anyone else that was doing that. So of course, when I researched homeschooling, it really looked like school and I was afraid to be different. Right. So I wasn't really, I I did have a friend who homeschooled and her, her school of thought was basically the same, but we really felt like we were outsiders Mm-hmm. And I didn't share my thoughts on what we were doing because I thought <laughs> we were doing something wrong, you know, <laughs> but it was working for him. Right. And we just pushed forward and I really didn't share the successes that we were seeing in his development mm-hmm. because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as we moved forward and, you know, here in Florida, we do a yearly evaluation And it was with Cheryl Bastian, who you've met before. Yes. And as we come with our piles of paperwork and workbooks, (laughs) we also brought strawberry jam and all these different things we had made outdoors kind of tucked in a basket. And she kept saying, well, well, what's in there? And I'm like, well, we we brought a couple of things for you. Well, Well, what is it? Tell me about it. So I began to open up and share with her what really was happening in our home. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. And she said, this is true homeschooling. You must tell other people what you're doing and what you're seeing happening in your home. Don't be afraid. Right. Right. And so that, you know, it took us a couple of years and that's when I kind of broke out of our, (laughs) broke out of hiding. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Came out of the closet. And started sharing with families what was happening to our family. And people were receptive. They wanted to know. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, people are looking for something different, but they're not sure how to do it. Right. And that people are going to be accepting of their choices. Right. Right. And it's, 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 it is risky. It, It feels risky to, uh, let others know your thinking and what's uh, what you feel like is working for your kids and what isn't. And so I love that um, there's there's I think I feel like there's more of us um, sort of coming out of the closet and sharing our stories. Like with you know with my book, the Unhurried Homeschooler, it was the same thing. My husband said, you know, I think you should write a book. You know, he, he told me this about two and a half years ago, and I said on what, you know, what, what in the world would I write a book on? And he said, you should write it on homeschooling. And I said, I started laughing. I was literally laughing. I said, why in the world? Who would want to hear what I have to say about homeschooling? I said, our, you know, our, what worked for us was so, so simple. It was such a, a simple uh, homeschooling plan. He said, that's exactly why you need to write it. And I think there is getting to be sort of um this, uh, what do I want to say? Just a heart cry of, of moms who, and, and families who are saying, we need something that's, um, not going to wear us out. That's, you know, you know, when something's a good fit and when it isn't, you know, but there is that, like you said, that fear of letting go of the things that aren't working because we're afraid we're going to shortchange our kids. Yes. I think we live in a society where there is competition to excel in education, there is always that you're going to college. This is what you need to do. You're not going to get into college if you don't do that. You need to do this and this and this. Right. And now my oldest is 15. We can see what has happened in his life. Mm -hmm. We can see that when we actually let God be in control of our home Mm -hmm. and let who our children are supposed to be 
come through at an early age, Mm -hmm. so much better for them. So much. It totally is. You know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, looking back on the years as we've, as we've been homeschooling and just doing that whole slow start into, you know, we didn't jump into workbooks and all of that. And we just did a lot of like what you were talking about, just lots of hands on living life together, whatever our lifestyle was. Now our lifestyle happened to be, you know, living in the country, having, um, you know, having a garden, um, chopping wood, you know, um, our kids were outside a lot. And to this day, our, our kids continue. And of course we have, we have mostly boys. And so I think there's some, uh, there, there's a factor there too as well, but they, they loved being outside. And to this day, they say, I am so thankful that you gave us a childhood, that you didn't let, you know, pressure come in and keep, you know, keep you from doing what you felt like we needed. And um, in fact, this this last week, our 19-year-old just wrote, uh, he had to write a kind of a testimonial for an apprenticeship program that he's been accepted to. And I will include that uh, link in the the podcast note be, notes because there is something about hearing from from former homeschoolers who are now you know either going to college or taking on a trade or you know whatever to hear their perspective on how their uh, how they were homeschooled affected them affects them now because I think I think parents need encouragement that um, it's okay to allow uh, some child-led learning. Would you, would you say that's kind of some, along the lines of what you did? Yes. And now that is exactly how we ended up where we are today. And then with our second child, you know, it was, okay, well, this one is, doesn't have issues, right? <laughs> so <laughs> right. he's going to do this like I thought the other one was going to do. And of course that didn't work out either. And, you know, of course there was, I pressured, he's got to read by the age of whatever. Right. right. And really that was a strain on our relationship in his formative years. Mm. And I just let go. I did. I let go. And, you know, boys are a different scenario. I was an only child. So boys were foreign to me. (laughs) Right now they're out back in a canoe with a motor. I'm hoping they're good. I'm sure they are, but, (laughs) you know, we spent their days outdoors. Mm -hmm. And the child-led thing is so important. You know, I meet, I have met moms in our travels. And like you said, I think that's fabulous that your son is writing that. And I think people should be able to read from a child who's experienced it. The one thing that families love most when we're traveling, and I love to speak, that is my favorite thing, but they want to meet my children Mm. and they want to hear from them. And that is what brings families around is looking at this kid who has been able to follow his passion since he was young, develop his skills and interests, show them how God has brought people into his life to Mm -hmm. develop those skills. And at 15 has a wealth of knowledge and skills that you don't find very often. I. It's so true. I I hear what you're saying, and I've read an interesting article recently that uh, there is a severe deficit in the trade, uh, as far as trades go, just people who can work on, you know, heating and cooling systems and just your, you know, instead of things that don't necessarily need a college degree, um, yes. But that that they're really lacking because they've they've pushed for so many to go to college that uh, they're they're lacking tradespeople, and I just thought that was really fascinating. Um, and also the uh, the flip side is we're seeing people with college graduate uh, with with college degrees uh, not able to find a job in their field. Yes, or I was going to ask you: Have you found since you have kids older in, in that college? Time frame that children are getting degrees in things that they really don't have an interest. Yes, yes. Our son who went to college, he went five years, and and he said he most of his peers were in their late twenties. They'd already gotten a degree. They didn't like what they were doing, and they were coming back for another degree to do what they actually really love to do. 
And, you know, I think that college degrees, you know, obviously there's certain um, vocations that you need them for, you know, to be a doctor, to be a nurse, some of those types of things. Our son wanted to be a software engineer. He needed a degree for that. But there are uh, now starting to be more and more apprenticeship programs. And that's one thing our our 19-year-old was just accepted into an apprenticeship program, which is really interesting because the gentleman who is the CEO and founder was also homeschooled. And so he has found this niche. It's very innovative. He has found this niche where he, they really screen their applicants, but then, um, once they're accepted, they go through a six-month online boot camp, putting, you know, building their brand, kind of honing in on what it is they want to do. And then they match them up with a company. They have a bunch of startup companies that work with them. And they uh, give them a choice of, you know, two or three different companies that they can work with at, in various locations all over the United States for, for the last six months. So it's a year-long program, six months boot camp online and six months at a paid internship. And 96% of those, uh, those interns that work for that company are asked to stay on permanently. So it's an, it's, and I think we're going to see more and more and more of this. Yes. And so I think it's, if, if there's ever a safe time for, for parents to start letting go and start really honing in on their children and finding out what excites them, what, you know, what, um, what makes them just, you know, smile? What is it that they, they love? What are they passionate about? And, and granted, it takes time sometimes to finally land on something. I feel like, you know, a lot of people are expecting their kids to know this early. We had one who figured it out at 12. None of the other ones have, <laughs> you know, so that, and that's okay. That's also yeah, important to share. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I, one thing that I want to say is, you know, it, it's a lot of pressure for a, uh, an 18 year old to be, you know, to know what, what do they want to do for the rest of their lives? I think that's an unreasonable expectation. Um, we do expect our kids to continue to be productive, to be working or schooling or a little of both or whatever, just continuing to move forward as they maybe try out different things. We, you know, we support them through that. And I think that's a part of the homeschooling journey that uh, we're probably not talking about enough is the after high school thing. And, but I can say that starting out, uh, doing this the way that Holly and I are talking about is so, is so beneficial. Your, your children will be miles ahead just in so many ways. When they get to that age, it doesn't mean they're going to know exactly what they're, they're ready to do for the rest of their lives, but they will have so many tools um, in their toolbox that when they do find that thing, they're going to be able to do whatever they need to do to uh, get into that field is, is really what ends up happening. Yes. And I think that a lifestyle of learning really incorporates, as we've said, living life together. So that includes chores, that includes cooking, that includes learning how to work on a car here, uh, working on our home, building things. All of those are just layering of skills that your child might one day use in their own home, but it also might trigger something that excites them later on. So for us, you know, we kind of have a a spectrum. Our oldest son at five years old told us that he was going to be a professional outdoorsman. Well, for five, he was just cute as a button. So of course we all thought that was wonderful. I didn't know what an out, you know, professional outdoorsman was. Okay. I wasn't exactly sure what a software engineer was either. And our youngest, who is 12, he just likes to piddle in lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, Our oldest, Grayson, you know, once my husband and I really saw what can happen when you let God take the wheel Mm -hmm. in your children's lives and not us, because letting go of control, you know, if you think about it, we really as parents feel like we have to be in control of all these different things. Mm -hmm. And it is difficult to let go. But when you do, what has happened 
I, I think, you know, God has given us the ability to share that with other families, to let them go, wow, okay, so it would be okay if I let my kid do this and right. Right. <laughs> do that. And exactly. I've, I've had moms whose children are in high school come to me with tears in their eyes after hearing our stories and saying, is it too late? Right. And my answer is no, it no. is never too late. It's never too late. So also don't think that your years have slipped by with your children. It's mm-hmm. never too late. It isn't. And, um, and our kids need, they need us to be that support and to say, hey, you know, to even at that point to even be able to say, hey, you know, I wish I would have done some things differently, but where can we go from here? Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let's try to figure this out together and, and give them that support. Because I know that, you know, our kids who are uh, graduated, we just continue to support um, their interests. Um, we 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 compliment them. We encourage them because you know they're adulting well. And um, but there's a, a lot of times there's a waiting where they're just kind of trying some things out, and we're waiting on the Lord. And we can't let outside pressures come in and uh, you know tempt us to force those kids to make a decision. And you know, so it's it's a it's a it's a prayerful kind of fine line that you walk, you know, and um, I wanted to share something, you know, you were talking about allowing a little more of a child-led scenario. I mean, ours was very much child-led. We, we did, you know, we always made sure we did the basics every day because, you know, I want them to know how to read and write and, you know, do basic math in order to do the thing that they love, whatever that ends up being. So that's how I looked at education was this part, this is my part right here that I want to make sure they have so they can do what they love. I want to equip them um, in this way so that they have the tools to just plow forward. And that is what each of them, we've just watched them do. And they're lifelong learners because we didn't just constantly be trying to cram them with information and expectations. You know, we had expectations, but it wasn't the school book expectations were basic. We, but we had expectations in other areas as well, like you were talking about before, chores, responsibilities, you're part of the family, you need to participate and, you know, family cohesiveness and doing things together and exploring together. So that was all very much, I think that gives that well-rounded education to our kids. And especially when they're younger and they're not really sure what they want to do, exposure. I mean, I think that you talked about doing things with them. You know, I have interests, you have interests, and, and my guess is you brought your your boys alongside in your interests as well. Yes, that is true. And the three R's, as you said, that is what goes on here to me, the foundation, and then we let them explore. And my husband always tells people, he said, you know, if you aren't sure of what your children's interests are, share yours with them. And he always says, that's what Holly has done. And that is really what has kind of led our family forward is the boys kind of come in with their own ideas and, and that's how things get started. So if you show them that even you have passions or Mm -hmm. hobbies or things like that, it's not being selfish by doing those things, uh, but bring your kids along with you and let them share in that passion and it can spark their own, even if it's not the same. Exactly. Exactly. And you're setting that example of what a lifelong learner looks like because, you know, we're, when, as we're pressing forward in our interests and our hobbies, we're learning and we're showing them this is what it looks like to be resourceful and to figure out what it is you want to know and um, to find the right tools for what it is you want to do. And so there's just so much there and so much happens in those, um, in, in those relationships within yeah. the family. Yeah. Um, so I have to share this with you. I posted an article. Uh, it was by the uh, CEO and founder of the apprenticeship program that our son is in. His name is Isaac Morehouse. And he wrote an article called Play, Playing with Legos is More Valuable Than Learning Algebra. Mm-hmm. And the point of the post wasn't that 
always and everywhere for everyone, Lego play is more valuable than algebra. The point was that kids doing and learning things of their own choosing and in their own way on their own time is more valuable than making them do stuff. Isn't that interesting? I just thought that was great. And so I posted that and he's saying, oh, the other thing he said was most kids will prefer Legos to math. Let them play Legos. Some may prefer math to Legos. Let them do math. (laughs) So so that's the whole child-led learning thing. We're being a student of our children. That's what we want. We want to be watching them and just always, you know, I give that analogy of going out into a garden. Uh, My best harvest one year after many years of gardening that stands out amongst all the others was when I went out every single day, not for a long time, but just every day faithfully. And I checked on everything. How is this doing? What does this need? How is this over here? And when I did that, I waylaid all kinds of disasters and, you know, things that I I wouldn't have been able to, it wouldn't have been able to recover from. And so this is the same thing with our relationships and with our learning with the kids is just to always be checking in and always kind of have a gauge and a pulse of where our kids are, what their interests are, and, you know, and just, and going with that. But I posted this article and this mom left this comment and I absolutely loved it. She said, um, I don't feel so guilty now about my 11-year-old always playing, wanting to play with Legos. And I should recognize, she realized at that moment, she should recognize his creations as a, a little more than she does, acknowledge them as valuable, you know. Then she went on to say, that um, she was a little upset when she walked into her 14-year-old's room that morning and, and dis- she said, and discovering him playing a game until he said this, I just started my own motorcycle company called, you know, fill in the blank, and I have this many employees. Some of my employees have come to me and are asking for raises and I have had to look at the value of the work they're doing. Some deserved it, but others I had to let go. I hate firing people, but they weren't doing their work and I wanted more. I wanted more for it. Oh, well, it's just a game. (laughs) And she said, when I realized that that this was good life experience for him, whether he becomes a boss or works for someone else in the future, all of a sudden I realized I didn't mind him playing that game. He's really excited about it. And I guess in this particular game, he could buy land and stores that are in their neighborhood. So it seems more real to him. So here he is learning about business. He had business practices down at 14 that a lot of people don't have at 30 or 40 or 50. (laughs) Yes. I just loved that. That was just so, uh, um, so it was so fun to read that. But that is kind of the, this is the kind of thinking that we're encouraging parents to have towards their kids and their learning. And I love that garden analogy. And if I, could I share another thought on that with you? Is as you were speaking, you know, I was thinking we also want parents, you know, you're going to go through a season where you kind of freeze and think, okay, maybe I've let them play too much or, <laughs> right. you know, yep. do that. <laughs> and I want to share just a little a story with you about my youngest son, Grant, is when you see a gift or you see an interest to, to value that child on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, Grant, is, he loves, I call him a visionary. <laughs> right. <laughs> he thinks of stuff in his head, but then he wants to build it. Mm-hmm. And he's loved looking at campers and RVs and that type of thing since he was little, looking at them on the road. And then he learned about them and their names. And he would tell us their names. I'm thinking, how does this kid know that? I don't understand. (laughs) Then when he was around nine, he says, I'm going to build my own camper. And of course, my instant reaction is, you can't do that, you know. And he says, yes, I'm going to have my own camper in the backyard. I said, first off, you're not putting something like that in my backyard that I have to look at. And you can't build a camper. There's just no way. Well, he went to his grandfather who, you know, granddads, whatever. (laughs) They started building this thing over at his house. And I thought, okay, fine. Well, it's going to stay over there, you know. And Grant spent his own money. He learned, he drew up plans for his RV, took measurements and all of those things. And to be quite honest, I obviously was not encouraging of this idea. And uh, he learned all these power tools and measurements and geometry and all these different things with his grandfather because I was not, 
you know, interested mm-hmm. in doing that with him. Mm-hmm. And then one day Papa shows up at my house with the thing on a trailer. <laughs> and I thought, oh no. And they brought it here, put it right at the end of my deck. So I get to look at the lovely thing in front of my lake instead of the lake. I see this camper. And it's about five feet long and about three feet high. So I kind of have to duck, you know, to, to sit inside. And he was just beaming with pride. And of course, I'm thinking this hideous, it's basically a plywood box, which when you sit in it, kind of resembles a coffin a little bit. (laughs) A coffin on wheels. Yes, a coffin on wheels that was a camper. And of course, he spent nights out there and him and his dad uh, cut a window and they, they made a handle for the door and they ended up building a shelf and, you know, all these different creative things. And I still was not... I don't want to say not nice to him, but I wasn't encouraging to him. And I didn't see at the time that he has a gift for visioning things in his head, writing out, actually drawing them out, and then physically building things. Mm. And so that really wasn't the first project that he had done that way, but I never caught on, Mm. if you can believe that. I never caught on until we were getting ready to throw away. I'm sure you all have had this. We had two grills, like electric grills on our porch. Neither one of them worked, you know, because one had good parts and one, you know, that kind of thing that never happened. And so I said, okay, they're going to the road. (laughs) I'm not having this anymore. Well, that night, Grant, I find Grant out there with a screwdriver and a measuring tape. And he's taking off knobs and he was taking off stainless steel doors. And he said, I'm building a kitchen and my camper. And I said, no, you don't cook in a wooden box. It's just not happening. So the next morning, he's out there early. Yes. <laughs> Set it on fire, you know. Right. So the next morning, he's out there again. But this time, I stopped and I watched him. And it hit me like a bolt of lightning that he was passionate about this. He's teaching himself skills. He's wanting to learn. And I realized, that's when I realized that he really had a gift of seeing things in his head, drawing it out, and actually physically doing something Mm. with that idea. And, you know, he never shared stuff with me about it because he knew I wasn't happy about it. So I went out there and I said, what you doing? You know, (laughs) right? (laughs) nothing was his response. And I said, you know, Grant, I just want to tell you that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did not see how important this was to you before. And I want you to know that I think you're a visionary, that you really have a gift for envisioning things, drawing it out and building. And I said, I'm so excited to see what you do with your camper. I can't wait to see. Mm. And when I said that to him, his whole face just changed. Mm. And you could see he was validated Mm. for his interests. And now he's not afraid to come and share those with me. And let me just tell you, there's been some crazy stuff going on around here with that. (laughs) But I, you know, grit my teeth as a mom and I, uh, I encourage him. I encourage that gifting in him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that is truly important not to dismiss what we see as trivial or messy or all those different things, but think that that really might be something we need to cultivate in our children. That's exactly right. And slowing down. To me, this is such a big part of that is not being frantic, not being overscheduled, but having margin in your days so that you spend your energy, um, you, you spend your energy where it's, where it's going to be the most help, where it's the most important. And, you know, if you had been distracted and running and just, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we don't have this homeschool checklist done, you would have missed all of that. And yes. instead, because you were, you're living this lifestyle of learning with your kids and you're taking it at a pace that works for your family, God is bringing these things to your mind and he's bringing, a, he's, he's, 
just along the way, it's almost like, I really believe this, that Jesus disciples us as we disciple our children. So as we're walking (laughs) through this homeschooling journey, he's discipling us as much or more than we're discipling our kids. And so it's a beautiful uh, flow. You know, there's just a, it's a, it's a wonderful, if you can just get in that mindset and in that thinking, it is such a blessing. And I think that's the part that I really want to convey to parents that all this stress about um, these expectations and things you think you should be doing isn't worth it. In the end, it's not, it's not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit your kids and it's not going to benefit your family. Take that energy and use it to nurture your children to nurture their gifts, to encourage them. Um, you know, it's going to look a little bit different for every family. Every, you know, mom has different personalities, but it's there. God's put it in us. And I think this is something that homeschool moms need to hone in on. We need to hone in on that nurturing nature that God's given us to uh, love our kids with that, that, that way that only a mom can. And, and that's really what was happening in that situation. And I just love that. I have a similar story. Um, our 23-year-old, when he was early teens, uh, he, you know, I told you already, he realized at 12 that he wanted to be a software engineer, write code, all that kind of thing. Well, he decided he wanted to build a computer. And so this is not the first time this kid had come to me with crazy ideas. So I, I can completely relate with you on this. <laughs> but he, I mean, when he was about four years old, he was out in a workshop just tinkering around with a bunch of stuff that the former owners had left behind because they moved into some sort of retirement place. And this old man had all this stuff in this shop that he left for us. So he had been out there tinkering. He comes in and he says, okay, mom, I'm ready to plug it in. And I said, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Don't (laughs) plug anything in. And um, my husband wasn't home, and I said, "I don't." I said, "I don't do electricity. We're not plugging anything in until Dad comes home and can see it." So my husband came home, and he he checked out the whatever it is that he had come up with, and he said, "It's a really good thing he didn't plug that in." Oh no! (laughs) So I was so thankful that he came to me first and said, "Okay, I'm ready to plug it in and let me know before he actually did it." You know, and so that's where the character training comes in, right? Yes. Yes. So when he was early teen, he wanted to build this computer. He comes to me, he's like, I want to build a computer. And I'm thinking, you know, that is best left to the professionals, you know, like this companies build computers, not 13 year olds, you know, it's what I'm thinking in my head. I didn't say that out loud, but, um, I'm, I said, well, how do you even know how to, he goes, I know all the parts that I need. He'd done all his research like he had this all down. He had the list of things he knew what he needed. So I went to my husband and I said, he wants to build a computer and, you know, we're going to order all these parts. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be kind of expensive. And he said, well, he's already earned the money for it. So he was willing to pay for the parts. So I just got on, you know, I was nervous because I thought, what if he orders the wrong thing and we can't (laughs) return it? You know, all this stuff is going through my head. And so we get on Amazon together and we order all the parts and he did not uh, misorder one single thing. He, everything he ordered was right. He put that thing together. He, he made it look cool. He did some painting and some punching out of the, the metal on the, you know, the little thing down at the bottom that ha- has all the, you know, the monitor, not the monitor, mm-hmm. but the thing down below. See, you can tell, I don't know anything about computers. This is why I'm telling you people, you don't need to know everything in order to give your kid a great education. <laughs> I'm a perfect example. <laughs> so anyway, you know, so you just, he made it look cool. The thing is still running to this day. It is a great computer. It's got tons of memory. It's a, the boys like it as a gaming computer. So anyway, all that wow. to say, yes, listen to your kids. And if at all possible, follow that lead, you know, um, it's just, and the thing that's great about it is how our kids grow in confidence. You mentioned the look on your son's face. That is priceless. You are building an incredible foundation for him as a young man and, and as he grows into adulthood, just by the words that you're saying to him, speaking life into him like you did, you know? So I love that story. Well, if you all are, go ahead. Oh, and you know, we're, we're all going to make mistakes. You and I definitely have made lots of mistakes. Yes. And I think, uh, I apologize. 
you know, right. and move forward mm-hmm. and getting out of your own way. I think that's a lot of times what we have to do as parents and, you know, those things happen and, um, let go of maybe our own thoughts. We, you know, our children, were going to do this or be this and accept their giftings as they are. Absolutely. And that along the way. It's so, that is so important. Um, I love that. I think um, I really, I'm thinking if I were a mom listening right now, I would want to know, tell me more, tell me more about this learning lifestyle revival (laughs) and what you're offering there um, at your website and at the, at the learning lifestyle revival. Well, you know, obviously nature is a huge part of our home and I just have a passion for children to want to love nature. Mm. And I want parents to consider it as part of their first classroom, which I believe is how you did in your home as well, really by just letting them be free is what Mm -hmm. that's about. Mm -hmm. And our family, you know, through Grayson's love of nature really led us into that and writing the book, Blaze New Trails is basically how we pull our children. And, you know, it's, it's ideas, it's concrete, you know, lessons, it's things like that to get you started to kind right. of branch off from there. Well, I love so that. Learning, like, it it um, gives that confidence. It will, it will help a parent who wants yes. to do this build confidence that, that they can actually do this. Yes. So the Learning Lifestyle Revival is just sort of a natural progression from our books. Uh, We have a lot of videos, um, a lot of audio, and the videos are actually done by kids. I Mm. think that children can learn a lot from watching other children. So the Learning Lifestyle Revival is a place to go. If if you're looking for ideas on how to um, be more simple at Mm. home, if you're looking to bring in nature, whatever that looks like, like in your home, right? Uh, simple ideas, uh, life skills. We have a lot of those in there. And so it's lessons basically that you can do in your own time, in your own way. And right. we're giving you the foundation to do that through video, um, printed material, um, audio as well. And that's on a membership basis. And the, the uh, membership is the foundation is our books, basically, and then we springboard from there into new topics every month. Right. I love that. I was reading the list um, the, that you have lesson modules on nature, community, and everyday living. I love what you said about making this work from where you are, because even if you live in the city, there is nature somewhere, you know, at the park yes. or whatever. But I really, I'm a big believer in kids being out in nature, especially in those early years. Um, there's something so grounding about it. I, um, it's hard to put words to, but when I watched, when I would watch our kids outside, it was just so clear that that's where they were made to be a lot of the time. So I love that you're working from that um, from that place. Um, it says here that you have handicrafts and outdoor activities and life skills, um, back porch podcasts. I like that you're doing different mediums too, like you're using audio, printed, and video, you know, because people take in information uh, better different ways. So I love that you've kind of covered the gamut. Yes. And we find a lot of people are really uh, hungering for a bit of the old way of living. Yes. And that is what we are also trying to share with families. We also do classes here in the Central Florida area And they're selling out, not because we're this great family, but we are offering something that is not being offered these days. It's an experience. And I think this is outdoor learning, using knives and saws and, you know. (laughs) Right. There needs to be an element of danger to our kids' play. I'm a firm believer in that because they learn their limitations. They, there's so much brain development that goes on when we let them have um, bigger parameters like that. And, you know, it, it's just, I've watched our kids just, <laughs> sometimes it's been a little nerve wracking. You know, you, you give them a little, um, little ax and say, okay, here's a piece of wood and, you know, see what daddy's doing. You try to do that too. And of course you're right there if it's something sharp or life-threatening, but at the same time, it is so important. There, there's something um, invigorating to them 
especially boys, when they're when they're doing something that they consider just a little bit dangerous. You know, like I love those books, uh, the dangerous book for boys and the dangerous yes. book for girls, and just the adventure. Because really, we want our kids to see life as an adventure, learning as an adventure, not a drag. I mean, who who's going to want to keep learning if it's just a drag? But if it's an adventure, and we're doing it together as a family, and we're seeing um, other kids doing it, like I love that your um, your videos show other kids doing these things because kids aren't seeing that. You know, if you just go to you know just conventional TV, you're not going to see kids getting down and dirty in the dirt and or you know making preserves or doing all these other things. And if kids see other kids doing it, they're going to be more likely to say, "Hey, you know, I I think I might want to try that." You know, we can tell them about it, but when they see it on video, I love that. I love that concept. So that's that's just amazing. So tell us again, how can moms connect with you? Well, they can connect with me on our main website, which is thegilesfrontier.com. And from there, you can get everywhere that we've been talking about. Okay, okay, great. And I will include this link in the notes um, so that they can go and check you out. I had to share a testimonial that I read on your website. (laughs) A mom said, thank you for the wonderful inspiration. I am so, and she said, there are not enough O's for so. excited to connect with my kids in a deeper way. And that's really what this is about. We want our kids, we want to give our kids a great education, but we really equally, if not more, want to connect with our kids. That's the truth because no matter what education looks like in your home, at the end of the day, at the end of the years, Mm -hmm. when they leave your home, if you don't have that relationship with them, what was it all for? Exactly. And I can speak to that. Having five kids graduated, we have a good relationship with every single one of them. There's a level of respect and honor between us. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that this mom doesn't wake up during the night and think, oh, I need to pray for that kid. You know, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> the Lord brings things to mind because they're adults and, you know, our kids are doing great. But, you know, as, as parents, you just never stop um, I don't think we ever stop hearing from the Lord as to how to pray for our kids. So I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, it just changes. It does. It changes. So um, I just so appreciate you being here. Thank you, Holly. Oh, thank you, Dorinda. I have just enjoyed getting to know you. And um, yeah, it's just been a blessing for me. I, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe doing more together. So yes, thanks definitely. again for being here. I wanted to let everyone know here at the end, um, Holly mentioned Cheryl Bastian at the beginning. Uh, I'm actually going to have Cheryl on the podcast for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about what it looks like um, to uh, have more of a learning lifestyle, but also a relationship with our kids and what it, what, uh, what it looks like and what is important and what is not in homeschooling, specifically middle schoolers and high schoolers. So Cheryl will be uh, joining me. I I don't know if we really explained who she was, but she's an older homeschooling mom uh, with just a wealth of information. And she's going to help us find confidence as we head towards that final stretch in middle school and high school. So I'm so thankful that she's going to be here with us. Thank you again, Holly, for being here. And thank you all for listening. Have a great week.